Okay, welcome back. I hope people are holding up all right <clears throat> under um, the changed social conditions, uh, which are certainly challenging and uh, testing of uh, individual and collective humanity here in the 3DN times. So today is a 25th installment <clears throat> of reading through Sutta Nipata. Today, in the second chapter, um, the uh, the tenth uh, sutta called Uttana Sutta. Uh, this was translated. The title or the word Uttana uh, was translated by John Ireland, one of the two translators we'll read from today, as vigilance. So the sutta is the vigilance sutta or on vigilance. Tanasaro translated it as initiative meaning sort of taking the lead or self-determining. <clears throat> and uh, the little write-up is a stirring exhortation to rekindle your efforts. Wake up. And this is very much um, associated with um, countering um, laziness, <laughs> sloth and torpor, um, uh, inattentiveness, heedlessness, qualities of um, <clears throat> not paying sufficient attention to what is important to our own evolution. And the Buddhist setting, of course, is that um, monks at the time of Gautama who were not heedful, who were heedless, who were um, of low energy, but it was really uh, dissipated attention uh, were given this exhortation by Gautama. The second link <clears throat> gives the background to the sutta, and so I'm going to look at that, and then <clears throat> direct translation of the word Uttana, then read the two translations, then consider uh, a related word or a faculty of mind uh, akin to Uttana, which is Apamada, uh, often translated as uh, heedfulness as well. So we got an interesting combination of um, <clears throat> proper energetic um, pro proper um, deployment of energy <laughs> uh, coming from um, being careful and attentive to what's really important. <clears throat> and at the end I want to bring in a passage from the raw material uh, and there's another sutta called the Apamada or Heedfulness Sutta as well regarding how important it was, how just how important these qualities of Uttana or Apamada uh, zeal or energy or attentiveness, heedfulness, um, which is a direction of the will, which is a direction of attention, which comes from a certain clear set of personal values. <clears throat> uh, at the end, I'll bring in um, the deeper implications uh, and t find that a link to the raw material, a quote regarding a direction of the will, or the importance of will. And so will 
and then attention, <clears throat> and attention is uh, very much about heedfulness and um, being attentive to what's necessary, what's what's critical, and uh, how that all rests upon a clarification of values. <clears throat> so from a clear set of personal values, we attend to what we value. When our view of um, life as path, purpose of life, <clears throat> just what it is that leads us to long-term welfare and benefit, what really benefits us, what really will lead to increasingly positive, harmonious, supportive consequences. When the value system uh, of an individual is clear in that way, then <clears throat> we pay attention in accord with the values, which just so happen to be in accord with universal law. So rectification of our values in accord with universal law, the law that uh, some seeds make good fruit, some seeds make bad fruit, some seeds make uh, sweet and sour soup, fruit or soup or pork, not really, but <clears throat> seeds as um, uh, activity of thought, word, and deed that um, is itself a seeding. Uh, the seeds, thought, and words, and speech, and deeds or conduct as seeds that bear fruit. Some bear uh, richly, some don't bear any fruit, some bear small, uh, meaning something we do has some benefit, but it ain't much, versus and other seeds that bear bitter fruit, meaning some activity of thought, word, and deed uh, leads to more pain. So some leads to more pain, some leads to less pain, some leads to joy and freedom and release, and others leads to continued development of love wisdom. So the importance of <clears throat> a right view as the basis for a personal value system, as the basis for what we desire and where we pay attention, as the right direction or a clear direction of will, which leads to attentiveness and heedfulness and zeal or energy or um, deployment of our uh, will and um, force towards that which really is a benefit. And so that's <laughs> all of that comes out of Uttana Sutta to me. So, <clears throat> from the wisdomlib.org page, backstory here said, the Buddha for Uttana Sutta. The Buddha was once staying in the upper story of the Migara Matu, it's actually the Migara Mat Upasada. Migara Mat Upasada. Migara Mat Upasada. Upasada means <coughs> monastery or um, hermitage. Uh, Migara Mat was uh, the name of, I think, the donor. So he is staying in the upper story of Migara Mat Upasada when he heard, new, he heard the new entrance to the order, the Sangha in the cells below, in the rooms below, making a great uproar, talking about the food they had eaten and other such worldly topics. The Buddha desired Moggallana, <clears throat> and actually I had said mistakenly in a previous class that the second 
of the two main chief disciples was Mahakashapa. It's actually Mahamogalana. The first was Shariputta. So Shariputta and Mogalana were friends who came together into the Sangha. Mogalana was famous for his magical ability, and he had much to do with the building of this uh, upasada or vihara, uh, meaning temple or monastery or hermitage. So then, Gautama, listening to these new monks uh, yakking it up about their food, uh, because it, they were well fed there, uh, Gautama desired Mogalana to come, and when he appeared, the Buddha asked him to frighten the monks by a display of iddi power, a display of iddi, meaning uh, use of his siddhi, or magical power, which he was famous for. <clears throat> by his psychic power, Mogalana Mahamogalana caused the whole building to rock to and fro like a ship. He uh, made an earthquake. And when the monks, in terror, sought the Buddha's protection, he explained to them that Mogalana gave them the fright as a lesson to them to lead active and energetic lives, for death lays hold of the slothful. The monks, having listened to the Buddha's sermon, concentrated their minds on it, and soon afterwards became arahants. How about that? So, <clears throat> uh, causing fear is obviously commonly wrong action. Yet, here we have a wrong, so-called, presumably, commonly, normally, wrong action of causing fright and fear, uh, that has a very positive consequence. <clears throat> and so, in general, the way you know a Buddha or an avatar uh, or someone who's totally finished with the path is they don't do what has bad consequences. They know the other's reply or response or outcome before they act. They don't make mistakes, like the angels, right? Told Howard Storm, we don't make mistakes. He said, you must have made a mistake. I don't deserve this vision of glory or the Logos. Angel said, we don't make mistakes, because they don't actually ever, I mean, aside from this myth of fallen angels, which is true, but it's a long story, aside from them, uh, the angelics, the Deva kingdom, those that um, are supporting evolution in the seven dimensions from the Logos, don't make mistakes, <clears throat> because they um, simply see the plan and act in accord with the plan, whether that's the growth of a flower or um, orbit of a planet, or uh, karmic distribution, karmic um, precipitation, or all sorts of things, interdimensional matters. Uh, acting in accord with a uh, logoic plan, they don't make mistakes, knowing um, the future, and being completely beyond um, limitation of ignorance, uh, so it seems, someone such as Gautama and Nityananda, presumably, it seems to me, don't make mistakes because they know what will happen. <laughs> they know <clears throat> they know the outcome before the action occur their action occurs. So it seems. Now there may not may not be always the case, I don't know, but it looks like that's happened a lot. So even though display of magical power is frowned upon in Buddhism <clears throat> um, because it's considered sort of parlor trick and not um, the goal. Yet, uh, like with Nityananda, we here see with Mogalana a uh, display of magical power called Siddhi, and here the Pali, I guess, is Idi. Uh, the fear of those monks uh, shook them out of their 
wrong speech and lack of um, zeal or activity or energy, you know, lack of energy. It's really <clears throat> not that they were lazing around. They were actually in wrong speech mm, with a fruitless direction of the will or a fruitless object of attention, meaning making a big deal out of the food they just ate <clears throat> and actually far from concentration or mindfulness by the uh, way they were talking with each other. So <clears throat> and that that's how you know um, someone uh, is using magical power rightly. <laughs> it's not to impress. Uh, it's to cause a positive... Uh, it's to catalyze positive change in the mind of the recipient. So that's the story. He uh, shook the building and they um, were receptive to Gautama's teaching. And again, the interesting linkage here is between um, zeal or enthusiasm or appropriate energy deployment uh, and heedfulness or attentiveness or carefulness. There's a connection there. Now, next link looking at the direct meaning of the word utana <clears throat> there's a sutta from uh, a passage not a sutta but a, a verse from dhammapada 280 translated here this is actually buddhism library from ntu.edu taiwan which is national taiwan university so they have a moral basis adequately which is really nice to see translation dhammapada 280 the lazy one who is not exerting oneself or himself, herself during the time for exertion, who is young and strong but full of sloth, inactive, with a mind full of depressed thoughts, such a one will not find a path to wisdom. And so <laughs> there are many about these, uh, about layabouts, about the world today, young and strong physically, full of sloth, inactive, or either or even with a mind full of depressed thoughts. You know, Gautama is saying, shake yourself out of it, not let's, think, let's talk about your childhood experiences. That's the Freudian approach. That's a psychoanalytic approach. That's the psychological, therapeutic approach. It has value, um, and it isn't a, Buddhist, a direct Buddhist approach. Um, it has some compatibility with Buddhism, for sure. But that's just not the way it's done, or the way Gautama was advising. He wasn't saying, L let's look at why your mind is full of depressed thoughts. Depressed thoughts is not the same as inactive or full of sloth. Full of sloth meaning like a, uh, some creature that uh, sleeps on a bar uh, tree branch all day. Uh, he didn't say, let's look into your, the cause of your depressed thoughts, because there are causes, right? And maybe the person is in self-pity or grief and despondency at some loss of a loved one or wounding from the family or something, something psychological. But uh, one doesn't have to look into it all to go beyond it. But in this verse from Dhammapada, what you see is um, in the first line the phrase um, 
not exerting oneself during the time for exertion. Time for exertion is the term utana kalami or utana kala. Kala, yeah, means time, like kala chakra, kala chakra tantra being the wheel of time, tantra, or uh, this is Tibetan Buddhism, far from original Buddhism, but the kala chakra tantra, kala chakra, kala, time, chakra, wheel, or chakra, uh, wheel of time, sutra, or tantra, or initiation, or abhisheka, Tibetan Buddhism is very, very complicated, but the kala is the same, and utana here is translated as exertion, zeal, or energy, from the verb ta-ud, ta-ud, which, uh, I don't know how that, how ta-ud went to utana, but Udtana, uh, stand up, upstand. <laughs> Udta, uh, stand up, upstand yourself, get up out of the pit of self pity. <clears throat> and honestly, um, for some people, sometimes a uh, sharp blow, not necessarily physically, but like Maha Mogalana did to the building, sometimes a shock is enough to help us get ourselves out of um, a mild depression or uh, a depressed state or self-pity, sloth and torpor. Sloth and torpor is a funny phrase, but it's common in Buddhism. So again, Uttana as exertion, zeal, energy, which has a very close relation to heedfulness. Heedfulness is paying attention rightly attending to what ought to be attended to or what's really important, that itself is an adequate deployment of energy, which is an adequate exertion or zeal or enthusiasm to attend to what's really important. Now, uh, let me read the two translations, John Ireland and Tanisaro Bhikkhu, and you'll see they're not too different, uh, and it's very interesting. So I'll read each and comment. Uttana Sutta, which John Ireland here translates as on vigilance, could also be called on zeal or exertion. Quote, Rouse yourself, sit up. What good is there in sleeping? For those afflicted by disease, or suffering, meaning tukka, struck by the arrow, which is craving, he writes as craving, which is tana. So those afflicted by dukkha, struck by tana craving what sleep is there rouse yourself sit up resolutely train yourself to attain peace which means nibbana or the goal do not let the king of death uh, commonly called mara do not let mara the king of death seeing you're careless lead you astray and dominate you go beyond this clinging which is upadana to which devas and men are attached, meaning higher dimensional benevolent beings or higher dimensional beings are also attached to clinging or do that. And the pleasures that they seek go beyond this clinging. Do not waste your opportunity. When the opportunity has passed, they sorrow when consigned to niraya, hell, meaning hell. Negligence is a taint, and so is the greater negligence growing from it. By earnestness, and understanding, withdraw the arrow of sensual passions. <clears throat> and um, this is not the um, 
psychotherapeutic approach. Um, for us, as we are all afflicted by dukkha, or we, um, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, the reality is that all sukkha is sukkha dukkha. Sometimes it's lots of sukkha, but not much dukkha. Sometimes it's a more even mix. But all that is of happiness and pleasure and even joy and love and even bliss and even ecstasy is of dukkha too. So all sukkha is sukkha dukkha. Sukkha dukkha. Uh, because it changes. <laughs> and there's loss. And ultimately, if you try to hold it, you'll see it's insubstantial. Or if you try to hold it, you'll see you can't keep it. And if you try to look into it, then you'll see it's insubstantial. And that comes from attentiveness, which is developed in meditation, which is a very fine way of developing will. And we'll see that connection with the, the passage from the raw material. Again, the connection between will and attention. Uh, you want to have a... Uh, this is the springtime, so the lizards are moving. I just saw a little lizard. If you want to have an interesting study, look at the connection between will and attention. It's very subtle. So the point here is um, we all um, experience uh, birth, old age, sickness, and death. We're all going to die. Um, and what happens after death depends on how we lived our life. And there is no final refuge in pleasure. It's temporary. It may be wonderful. It may be of joy, but it's temporary. That's called anicca, or impermanence. And ultimately, because we are still in craving, or we still have that tana, or essential sense that there's something wrong here, and I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, uh, there's something that need, I, I feel I need, I still need, endless need, even subtle. Um, there is no value for... There is no value to prolonged sleep, which means uh, inattentiveness or uh, depressed mind uh, rejection of proper activity. Inattentiveness. Train yourself to attain peace. And interestingly, this idea, don't let the king of death, which is Mara or Machu, Makuraja, personification of everything that binds us to the world and prevents the gaining of deliverance. Um, the king of death, in many ways, is sort of the way of growing distortion, um, staying stuck, uh, chasing phantoms, um, making decisions that lead to suffering, making decisions that don't lead to gain in, in love-wisdom, making decisions that are self-harming or harming other. So anything associated with wrong speech, wrong action, wrong livelihood, anything where we uh, are acting and um, find uh, harmful consequences is in a case of being careless. Careless particularly with a lack of wisdom, meaning we thought it would be helpful but it led to pain. That doesn't mean I'm bad, it just means that uh, I was a bit careless, maybe, and, and forgiveness is critical, as uh, Rob will say in the quote. So, yeah, we are inevitably careless sometimes, inevitably lazy or disinterested in doing what's helpful. I don't like the word lazy, but 
we're inevitably of low energy, depressed rejection of what's helpful sometimes. But to the extent that, that we really are stuck, we're dominated by falsehood. <laughs> we're dominated by wrong view. Or we're under the thrall of attachments that are harmful. And that's not a good state. So yes, devas and men, higher dimensional beings, positive and negative, both, are still attached to clinging or still involve themselves in clinging because they're not really seeking full liberation and release. They may be seeking pleasure, they may be seeking service, they may be seeking a group approval, they may be seeking power and control on the negative path. But there's clinging or upadana still going on. And the note was the clinging to pleasures of the senses. The Buddhist approach is there's commonly, I think, an overemphasis on the pleasures of the senses. But again, this was prepared for three deep souls, natives. This is not, even though wanderers can make best use, I think, of Buddhism, um, most of the people around Gautama, or most of what was going on, was of a normal 3D uh, collective. And uh, most people were repeating, at least in the larger community and um, attachment to sensuality, uh, name and fame and gain and pleasures and uh, acclaim and praise and honor and all that was uh, significantly um, was quite prevalent. <laughs> uh, higher dimensional beings, I don't think positive, are not so much into sensual pleasures, sensual passion or something, even though they have senses, they have light bodies, they have pleasure and joy and love and bliss. They experience those things too. But there is some degree of attachment to them. And that can be a problem. This is again a very uncompromising teaching on the, just like Nityananda said, the straightest and shortest and fastest path back to source. That's what, that's what, what Nityananda said, uh, one must find the fastest way back home, this kind of thing. That's exactly what Buddhism is. <laughs> at least our original Buddhism, is exactly that, an uncompromising presentation of the essentials of um, transformation. Self-transformation, chakras transformation, body-mind-spirit transformation, full-being transformation, the fast path. And that's why there, that's 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 pared down to the uh, Noble Eightfold Path and uh, Srila Samadhi Prajna, morality, ethics, uh, being the support for Samadhi, concentration, meditation, one-pointedness, equanimity, as the support for Prajna or Panya or wisdom or discernment, but it's really re the release that comes from seeing reality, seeing beyond our thought-based uh, conceptual illusions, seeing what is, beyond... Um, beyond actually the five skandhas, seeing the root of what is. Uh, so negligence is a, is a taint, and don't waste your opportunity, and negligence grows from negligence, or not properly, wisely attending to, taking care of what's important, leads to more problems. And so by earnestness or sincerity <laughs> and understanding, which includes right view, um, pull out the arrow that has struck you um, of all sorts of um, clinging 
and attachment that's harmful. And each person's got to decide what, for him herself, what that is. When we look at the translation from Tanasaro, it's translated not as vigilance but as initiative. And it's uh, as follows. So this is uh, Uttana Sutta from Tanasaro. Get up! Sit up! What's your need for sleep? And what sleep is there for the afflicted, pierced by the arrow, oppressed? Get up! Sit up! Train firmly for the sake of peace. Don't let the king of death, seeing you heedless, deceive you, bring you under his sway. Cross over the attachment to which human and heavenly beings remain, desiring tide. Don't let the moments pass by. Those for whom the moment is past grieve, consigned to hell. Heedlessness is dust. Dust comes from heedlessness and has heedlessness on its heels. Through heedfulness and clear knowing, you'd remove your own arrow. So again, the linkage between uh, proper deployment of energy uh, or activity, which is called enthusiasm or zeal, uh, uh, and heat and heedfulness. And so he being heedful or uh, attending to something uh, or carefully and sufficiently paying attention to something is associated with the proper deployment or proper um, expenditure of energy as well. Not too tight, not too loose is the guiding principle, like the Lut Sutta. Um, too tight and it snaps, too loose and there's no sound, or um, uh, certainly uh, no production. So not too tight, not too loose, but properly tuned equals proper or balanced or appropriate, suitable, whatever that is, uh, amount or quantity or adequate uh, a deployment of energy or attention and energy involved in paying attention to what's really important. And heedlessness as dust, <laughs> the breakdown or disintegration. And so dust as the product of material disintegration. <clears throat> this world in Chinese Buddhism, sometimes called Saha, I think it's maybe Mahayana Buddhism, called the 3D world or earth human world called the Saha world, commonly associated with dust and shadow and um, things breaking apart. There's a famous, famous book out of um, an African, uh, probably wanderer actually, a writer called Things Fall Apart. Excellent book I read in college, studied African literature. Good stuff was written, particularly in the 60s and 70s. <clears throat> Things fall apart because this is the Saha world of dust and shadow, Kamaloka with continual desire, because even our experience of happiness and pleasure uh, breaks down fast. And now is a time of increased uh, phenomenal processing meaning things are, time seems to be going faster. Um, an hour, my hour sessions go real fast now. Uh, that's interesting. 
so this material dust as material disintegration uh, as an analogy for heedlessness where heedlessness leads to disintegration because it's like a person has a cold and they don't treat it or you have a pain and you don't attend to it you don't attend to it nor exert proper energy in caring for it or helping yourself lack of energy lack of attentiveness uh, lack of care lack of love wisdom equals uh, heedlessness equals dust um, that generates more dust and the opposite of that is heedfulness and clear knowing and so clear knowing is in some ways the, a subtle link to the importance of right view for heedfulness heedfulness because of right view right view equals right values or values in association values that are in harmony with universal law universal law again being some seeds make good fruit some seeds make mixed some seeds make bad some ways of thought and word and deed are helpful some ways of thought and word and deed are not uh, and if we feel regret and remorse that's okay okay I feel bad I said that or I acted such or I decided or I missed um, it's very helpful to feel remorse and regret and even shame and guilt when they come up but not to get stuck in it not to go into self-punishment or self-harming and to keep moving on right um, you for forgive yourself and sin no more this kind of thing uh, as Yeshua had said something like that so uh, removing the arrow of craving which is again uh, analogous to the arrow of um, uh, fruitless desires <laughs> desires and ways of ways of conduct is gets very subtle too that are just not helpful um, and so um, the seeker continually outgrows his or her old self the 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 true seeker continues to go into new territory. The, the seeker, the one who, or us, to some degree, as we keep seeking love, wisdom, or understanding, and self-development, learning, growing, helping, um, are continually going into areas that are new, and um, by that, continuing to learn what is helpful and what is not and what we essentially need and what we don't so the the scale of values keeps adjusting or well, we need to keep adjusting our value scale we need to continue with seeking clear knowing um, phase by phase or stage by stage of life you can say moment by moment but it doesn't mean you have to be thinking all the time and so there's a big mistake to associate attentiveness with thinking. It doesn't mean thinking. It means direction of attention. And a proper, the, the, the adequate or suitable energy deployment activity enthusiasm for continued attentiveness to that which is in front of us and particularly that which is important and um, 
more and more rejecting what we don't need that we consider unimportant. So, <clears throat> interesting, the phrase cross over the attachment to which human and heavenly beings remain as they're desiring and tied, tied to it. This is a little bit like the ocean of samsara uh, understood as uh, upadana. Upadana meaning clinging associated with attachment or the wave generating attachment as the ocean of samsara. That uh, from, I mean, this is why Buddhism is <laughs> somewhat rightly called pessimistic. The entirety of the octave seen as a realm of fruitless attachment or seen as a realm of dukkha, essentially dukkha-based uh, attachment, clinging, craving. And so, cross over the attachment <laughs> means uh, cross over the ocean of birth and death, which means cross over the 31 planes to 8th density, or nirvana as peace out of the octave. Uh, meanwhile, um, there's a lot of value to experience all things desired, as Ross said. That's a very different approach. That's the slow path. This is the fast path. This is the direct, fast way home. And Ra and the other groups that didn't necessarily... I mean, they went with their planets, right? <laughs> they, they followed their planet. And there's some value to that, and there's some limitation to that. Generally, they followed their planet, meaning they harvest when the planet harvests from one dimension to the next. Thus, evolution takes a long time. This Buddhist presentation, or Buddhism, is presentation of the fast path where one does not need two billion or four, two, four, two billion plus years to evolve from third to sixth density. Uh, as Ross said, they're two billion years older than Earth humanity. One can do it in less than seven lifetimes. That's what it means to go from Sotapanna to Arahan to finish the path in seven lifetimes, to finish the octave. And that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but again, Nityananda and Gautama are both teaching the fast, shortest way back home. Uh, I don't think that... If souls don't venture into third density um, with the risk, indeed, of going to be reborn in hell like a whole lot of the human leadership seems to be preparing itself for. Um, if, you don't if you don't wander from higher dimensions <laughs> with the... Uh, um, I forget Ra's term, but um, a little bit of bravado and um, <laughs> the wanderer's naive um, martyrdom, perhaps, <laughs> to come in. If one doesn't do that, there isn't a heck of a lot of danger remaining in higher positively oriented dimensions and evolving with your planet. There's really, I don't see any danger in that at all. It's slow, and um, it's not the fast path home. Um, but the danger is coming down to third density where you can really get into trouble. But this notion that the whole of the, the cross over the attachment, nobody thinks about crossing over attachments, they think of removing them or cutting them but sever my attachment. Uh, this is um, just interesting, and um, it's an interesting way of pessimistically uh, defining the uh, entirety of seven-dimensional 31 planes existence 
<coughs> as the ocean of birth and death attachment. Uh, so, okay. <coughs> so this is very much about uh, get up, you know, get up, uh, stand up for your rights, like Bob Marley or Peter Tosh were singing. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. Uh, stand up for yourself. Uh, and this also... This adequate deployment of energy or zeal, enthusiasm, proper attentiveness, heedfulness, uh, right values, very much also um, has bearing in relationship. Meaning, there are some people that'll drag you down. They live in hell, or they're just angry and they want to share their anger and misery. Misery loves company. Well, if commonly misery loves company, why would you want to be part of the company? <laughs> uh, the com everybody knows the company is of misery that company the company is uh, one misery to the next <laughs> from this misery to the next misery they don't care but on another level um, those that are unhappy and um, angry um, why would we be of their company if they don't want to help they want to remain angry. They're attached to anger or punishing others. Uh, it's not helpful to remain with such a person, actually. They don't want help. And um, self is an open system. We are open, sensitive beings. And um, birds of a feather flock together. Eventually, we're going to... What they are, their ways or distortions, will rub off on us. So one should be careful about... Who, with whom one associates, um, that's another aspect of um, heedfulness to what should be seen clearly, particularly the consequences of um, the company we keep. So, heedlessness is dust. Dust comes from heedlessness, meaning creating more, and um, leads to more pain. Now, when we look at this term uh, apamada to the next link, how's the time? Fine. Um, the energetic portion, and so this is a, a again um, somewhat synonymous with utana, the word apamada. What's really critical is that it was included in Gautama's last say, last utterance to the world in that lifetime. So heedfulness, excuse me, apamata as heedfulness or diligence or zeal, um, sufficiently active attentiveness, called the cornerstone of all skillful mental states, that important, and one of, the such, one of such fundamental import that the Buddhas, or the Buddha Gautama stressed it in his parting words to his disciples, all fabrications are subject to decay, bring about completion by heedfulness, which is uh, apameda. Excuse me. Apamadena sampadeta, I think, is apamadena sampadeta. So you can hear his beautiful language, actually, Pali. Apamadena sampadeta. Apamadena sampadeta. 
that's that two those two words <laughs> is translated as uh, bring about completion by heedfulness. And um, once I thought about doing a lecture just on Gautama's parting words, um, they're very interesting when you get to the Pali original. So non-laxity, earnestness, diligence, consider the foundation of all progress, the cornerstone of all mental states. So important. Heedfulness, and that's intention, attention, attentiveness, <clears throat> and that's exactly where Ra's quote comes in, which I'll do next. Uh, from other references uh, written here, just as all the footprints of living beings are surpassed by the footprint of the elephant, and the footprint of the elephant is considered uh, considered as the mightiest among them, just so have all the meritorious qualities zeal, meaning apam, apama, uh, apamata, sorry, apamata, zeal, apamata as their foundation. And apamata, zeal is not quite the right word, <clears throat> apamata is considered the mightiest of these qualities. So again, the primacy of will, the primacy of apamata, or utana, heedfulness, it's a, <clears throat> again, suitably active energetic attentiveness carefulness which includes um, a wise and undistorted spiritual set of values or scale of values <clears throat> and so yeah that was uh, the chapter on zeal and that's when I uh, apamada apamada vaga in Dhammapada which I'm not going to read but you can see it in Dhammapada. Gautama's last exhortation. Transient are all formations. Strive zealously. Like, there's no perfect translation of his last words, but they're all like that. <laughs> and that final phrase is, uh, again, apamadena sampadeta. In commentaries, it's often explained as the presence or non-absence. <laughs> non-absence of mindfulness. Satya avipavasa. 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 Satya. So, non absence of mindfulness. <laughs> non absence of mindfulness means it isn't missing, it's present. Maybe it's a little different. Uh, mindfulness, therefore, is akin to heedfulness. And heedlessness is mindlessness. <laughs> Mindfulness, mindlessness. Uh, mindless, don't be a mindless creature. Uh, transient are all formations. It was actually about uh, dhammas. All dhammas, or all... It's a fine, fine to call it formations, really. All, all phenomena are transient or impermanent. Um... <clears throat> Um, be be properly heedful, <laughs> and don't get stuck. So, the quote I want to bring. So I think you get that how important uh, apamada is. Uh, apamada, apamadena. How important it is. Um, I've said that many times. Okay, now <laughs> from the love one. Our old friend, love1.info, 
session 57, question 7, coming back to a different type of teaching. Don asked, am I correct then in assuming that, and here we have some big three, discipline of the personality, knowledge of self, and control, shall I say, in strengthening of the will would be what any fifth density entity would see as those things of importance. <clears throat> and so he's asking about the, the path to the disciplined personality, or uh, this is another phrasing of uh, the earlier know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. Uh, discipline of personality, knowledge of self, and strengthening of will. Rawl puts it in their own way. Um, <clears throat> after explaining how uh, control is not desirable or helpful to the growth of understanding of an entity by itself, uh, it's not helpful to control its own thought processes or impulses, except where they may result in actions not consonant with the law of one. <clears throat> after explaining that, that uh, controlling one's own mental emotional process or mind process or controlling um, impulses meaning the arising in mind of spontaneous desire it doesn't mean acting following through immediately but letting oneself have uh, an authentic experience that that's important and controlling it is not helpful that said, control may seem to be a shortcut to discipline, peace, and illumination. <clears throat> However, this very control potentiates and necessitates the further incarnative experience in order to balance this control or repression of that self which is perfect. Ra <laughs> says that self which is perfect, Gautama would say there's no self and uh, all is empty. It's all of the three marks and all formations are impermanent, insubstantial. Fine, that's true. Uh, That's called absolute view, or closer to absolute view. And the relative view is there's a relative truth called uh, my sense of self. And that sense of self pertains to our beingness, which is greater than we conceive it to be. And that beingness, which is our true nature, our totality, which is our true nature, the totality of what we are as being our true nature is perfect. How is it perfect? Mm, I don't know. Because um, it's um, of infinite love light or of the Logos or ultimately uh, of identity with its source or with the source of heaven and earth Um, and it's perfectly configured in accord with um, the totality of our thought, word, and deed from the past. And so, when there's some heavy-handed control of thought, feeling, emotion, um, and desire, and and even activity, uh, any kind of blanket repression, self-repression, it is a rejection of the reality of the perfection of our true nature. That doesn't mean we have to act upon things, but um, act upon everything. But um, one should know what one is, and then work with one's manifestations uh, carefully. Then, (laughs) that's the prologue, in reference to the critical importance 
uh, of heedfulness. Um, likewise, just a second. Likewise, uh, Gautama is talking about the, I'm sorry, Ra is talking about the critical importance of will, which is ultimately the root of the 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 divine root tap root uh, or power from which we have the experience of energy any any deployment of energy associated with attention direction of attention um, ultimately comes out of spiritual will or will which is intrinsically spirit spirit complex intelligent energy is will actually so will is actually light and it's prior to consciousness or it's akin to the essence of consciousness anyway Ross said um, acceptance of self forgiveness of self and the direction of the will this is the path towards the disciplined personality your faculty of will is that which is powerful within you as co-creator meaning a sub-sub or a logos a logoic quality directly you cannot ascribe to this faculty too much importance will thus it must be carefully used and directed in service to others for those upon the positively oriented path and there's great danger in the use of will as the personality becomes stronger for it may be used even subconsciously in ways reducing the polarity of the entity which I talked about at length during that presentation in chapter uh, session 52 <coughs> So, um, you cannot ascribe to the faculty of will too much importance. It cannot, its importance cannot be overstated. It is supremely important, will. Therefore, the direction of the will, directing one way, you go to hell. Directing another way, you go to heaven. <laughs> directing another way, you're free of reincarnation permanently. Uh, that's that. <laughs> and the direction of the will is is really... Um, that which allows us to direct attention. It's the direction of will or will that allows the direction of attention, which is apameda, apa, apamada, <coughs> or apamada. And so, um, such fundamental import that the Buddha stressed it in his parting words. Uh, all meritorious qualities have zeal or um, <clears throat> apamada as their foundation. Zeal or apamada, zeal is such a lousy word. It's like zealot. A zealot is super duper unbalanced. Uh, the zealous um, are really problematic, <laughs> but um, like the lute string tuning. Um, not too much, not too low, not too little. But uh, this strive zealously. Um, it's it's the way of Wu Wei, or it is of Wu Wei, like in Chinese Taoism. Non-struggle, <coughs> uh, non-contending, contending meaning conflicting. Don't make trouble for self and other. Um, but it doesn't mean just. I mean people take Taoism to just chill out man flow go with the flow fine <laughs> there's some value that's that might be called acceptance um, but there is also um, 
that which demands effort or that which uh, achievement or development which demands or requires effort. And so proper exertion is very much associated with this apamada as well. So <clears throat> the importance of being heedful and being attentive um, as the foundation for all other qualities um, that can come, particularly qualities of wisdom and love, or compassion and caring, and and comprehension or con- uh, uh, discernment that leads to clear seeing or of clear seeing that leads to knowing. It's very much about proper heedfulness, wise heedfulness. And um, that is a direction of will. <clears throat> and that, again, comes out of um, uh, a, a set of personal values in harmony with universal. And so, to conclude, uh, I will read the Apamada Sutta, which um, is uh, another... <laughs> Uh, Samutta Nikaya, I believe, 317, translated by Tanasara Bhikkhu, the last link, <clears throat> to focus in on just how important this um, apamada is, um, energetic attentiveness, <laughs> um, strong, focused presence on what's important. So, Apamada Sutta on heedfulness, translated by Tanasara Bhikkhu, and that's how this will we'll conclude with this. At Savati, as he was sitting to one side, King Pasanadi Kosala, the, the head of the Kosalans, said to the Blessed One, Is there, Lord Bhante, any one quality that keeps both kinds of benefits secure, benefits in this life, and benefits in lives to come? <clears throat> Gautama replied, There is one quality, Maharaj, great king, that keeps both kinds of benefits secure, benefits in this life and benefits in lives to come. But what, Bhante, is that one quality? Heedfulness, apamada, Maharaja. He said, apamada, Maharaj. Just as the footprints of all living beings with legs can be encompassed by the footprint of the elephant, and the elephant's footprint is declared to be supreme among them in terms of its great size, in the same way, apamada is the one quality that keeps both kinds of benefits secure, benefits in this life and benefits in lives to come. This is what the Blessed One Gautama said. Having said that, the, well, the one well-gone, the teacher, said further, <clears throat> one well-gone may well be Tathagata. The teacher said further, and this may be in Dhammapada, for one who desires long life, health, beauty, heaven, and noble birth, lavish delights, one after another, the wise praise heedfulness, in performing deeds of merit. When heedful, wise, you achieve both kinds of benefit. Benefits in this life and benefits in lives to come. By breaking through to your benefit, you're called enlightened. 
wise. <clears throat> so, there's no problem with um, lavish delights one after another. No problem with benefits in this life, material world, uh, kama loka <laughs> type uh, benefits. Longevity, health, beauty. Yeah, there is a difference between beauty and non-beauty. Heaven, not hell. Noble birth, meaning a family that's helpful, rather than a family that'll make trouble for you. <laughs> if you desire all that, which is pretty reasonable, um, the wise praise apamada in performing deeds of merit. So heedfulness towards performing deeds of merit. Deeds of merit is particularly dana. Particularly dana means generosity. Generosity with your time, generosity with money, generosity um, with your mind, <laughs> meaning share your understanding freely. Right? Don't charge for it. Don't, don't monetize your YouTube video. Mm. Well, that doesn't really matter, but uh, heedfulness is towards something. Heedfulness towards the essential. And not being heedful to the essential or critical is called heedlessness. So if you want benefits in this world, the way is performing deeds of merit, which is called dana, or generosity, in all ways, wisely, in balance. Then, <clears throat> this heedfulness, which is of wisdom, indeed will also lead to benefits in lives to come. It also, then, <laughs> for those who are heedful of something greater than benefits in this life and life to come, lives to come, uh, one who's heedful of that will um, follow the Eightfold Path or go into meditation and ultimately uh, break through to a final benefit, the final piece of uh, leaving the octave. <clears throat> Although I have to say, the you know, life in sixth density is not too bad. So, and I, one way to cure impatience uh, with the slow pace of higher dimensional evolution is to come down here. And uh, after a cycle of lifetimes, I will be well equipped to uh, advise my uh, soul family back home that it's just fine to stay home. Um, like these days, right? But in that case, meaning stay in sixth density or do your work there or have your experience there. You know, this whole notion of work versus fun, like evolution is work. No, evolution can be fun. Well, you can love your work and work what you work um, in ways of love. <laughs> and so soul evolution can be enjoyable. Um, it's only when we get into trouble in third density that things get uh, dukkha dukkha. Uh, dukkha dukkha. Uh, reborn in hell, reborn as a hungry ghost, reborn on earth with a bad, with, with karmic overload, karmic liability. That's dukkha dukkha. And um, <clears throat> um, that comes out of a certain kind of heedlessness and misdirection of the will. Uh, careless, uh, unwise direction of the will and therefore feeding what's harmful. So attention feeds and seeds. And wise attention is heedful and leads to benefits here and in the future. So <clears throat> that'll be all 
for uh, today's reading of uh, Uttana Sutta with a consideration of Apamada and um, very important stuff because um, as important as will is in the raw material so too is uh, Apamada heedfulness and Uttana um, for Gautama on the, on the, in this presentation of Path. Next time we go into the Rahula Sutta also very famous. The Gratula, Rahula was the son of Gautama, his son from his marriage before he left the, the palace. So, I hope it's been helpful. Pay heed to what's important, and when there's a problem, pay heed to it so you may resolve the problem. When you have a question, um, try to answer your question by deep understanding. It can be done. Uh, pay attention to what's important and uh, try to uh, let go of or minimize uh, what's ultimately not helpful or less important um, with the light touch. Anyway, I hope it's good for you. Take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.